Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Central Texas Life. And we're going to talk a little history. We're going to talk about the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum with the delightful Tiffany Schreiner and Dr. Jody Ginn, who is in development recently, in the last year or so, come to this uh, position. But I want to learn a little bit more about you and your um, just your passion for things having to do with law enforcement, because the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame is not the ball club. <laughs> I guess right. you have to clarify that from time to time. Absolutely. But of course, the the wonderful Texas Rangers, you know, one one uh, riot, one ranger, the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. And this was the 200th bicentennial year, 2023, the traditional anniversary of the creation of the Rangers. So there's lots of, I guess, special things in commemoration of that. Oh, absolutely. It was a big, busy year. We started out in Fort Worth at the rodeo with the big kickoff events. The whole rodeo was kind of dedicated to the uh, bicentennial of the Rangers. Every night they did a proclamation and, you know, and all of this. And they had Rangers in the parade and, and we had exhibits all over the grounds and um, and did programs and so forth. And yeah, it, it, was, it was a tremendous kickoff. Uh, you know, with our friends in Fort Worth. And then we went, the Rangers, the active Rangers are still organized regionally uh, according to companies. Mm -hmm. And they're called A through F, Company A through Company right. F. And Company F is headquartered right here right. in Waco yeah. with the museum. Right, in the right and, there, the, you walk yeah. in the door and you see it, yeah. Exactly, and so um, <laughs> we went to every region, the Bicentennial Committee, the Texas Ranger 2023, led by Russell Molina, and Lacey Finley, they led and created these events all over the state in each region for each company. And they would have community days and they would have DPS and ranger resources out there and engage the public and educate folks and have school groups come in. Um, and we just, we did this all around the state and I would give talks and other people would give talks and rangers. And, and we had the final one just a few weeks ago on the 17th and 18th in uh, Austin. We had a, a daytime event at the Capitol, Senator Birdwell, uh, spoke for us there and then we um, had our gala that night uh, where we also premiered our new uh, Ranger history film short. It's about a 20-minute history, 20-minute film summarizing the history of the Rangers uh, and, and really emphasizing though who they are today because we have some great things. One of the most recent events is the promotion of Major Wendy Wakeman who is now the first female in history yes. to command a company. 
and she's an old friend. I've known her since she was a rookie ranger. Oh my goodness! And so that was exciting, and and really her promotion came just just right in time for us to get it added into the film. Yeah, it was very serendipitous. Yeah, and Tiffany, some of the these activities are kind of what brings you in. And in getting some children's programming and things. Is, yes, is that correct? Yes. Jody and I actually have so many um, common friends across mm -hmm. Texas. and But it took until about, I guess, 18 months ago or so, a little over a year ago, it feels mm -hmm. like, we were first introduced, and um, I had been working on my children's book, as you know, uh, Legend of the Cosmic Cowgirl, and a lot of the outreach projects around that are, are you know, Texas-based. I call it Neverland in Texas. Texas-based um and, 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 and the history of Texas, um, you know, we, we implement so many historical themes throughout um, our book and through our camps and workshops. And, you know, Jody and I got to talking and, and the museum needed, uh, well, the bicentennial programming specifically needed a little bit more um, offer to offer for, for kiddos and families for this commemorative year. And so my team and I hopped on through the Imagineer Arts Academy and uh, um, help to facilitate some of those outreach events, uh, really bringing uh, the Texas Ranger history to life for these kiddos um, through the book and just uh, through a lot of hands-on um, grit and grace, uh, kindness, courage, and resiliency were those, those were our key tenets um, and, and, and the kids seemed to love it. So we started in Waco when we first started working with mm -hmm. you. Um, and uh, then we hopped on. We were in Lubbock with them and Kerrville and um, hope to do a lot more in the future. I was going to say, this is just the start. It's not just for this year's mm -hmm. uh, celebration of the Bicentennial. Oh, yeah, right? we're looking forward to it. It was such a big hit, and especially with the kids. And, and, and Tiffany and uh, Cheryl just have such a way with them that engages them. And that's the key. You've got to get them interested in history early on, but you have to reach right. them where they're at. And they really understand how to do that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're, yeah, we're looking forward to, you know, more programming in the future. Yeah. And so what, what is that like? I mean, is it like a, an afternoon of activities or already have speakers or how, how do you, how do you engage the children? And they in were this? a part of our community days uh -huh. uh, where we were having, you know, the public come in and we would have those resources from the Rangers and we would have various sorts of, 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 you know, setups of, of panels. And so they would set their whole thing up in conjunction with the museum, but then they, you know, they would have these art projects and, you know, photo kind of area and the whole nine yards. I mean, it was a yeah, elaborate stuff. all the fun stuff. <laughs> and it was a big hit. I mean, and it really, you know, uh, gets, because, you know, just kind of looking at stuff, you know, only entertains kids for a little bit, but right. they engage the kids, they get them active doing things you know, and, and, and making art, making, you know, uh, Ranger-related art, that sort of thing. And it was just a huge hit. For example, Cheryl came up with the idea, Cheryl Russell. Right. Who, you know, your artist, dear friend yes, right, that right. I work with very closely, the illustrator mm -hmm. for my book. And, you know, she's the lead visual arts director for pretty much everything we do. Um, they made uh, badges of courage. And so mm. um, they would... Yeah, because the Ranger badge, mm -hmm. that's a very special display. Pretty, pretty there iconic. The, yes, it uh -huh. is. It's, it's iconic, uh -huh. of course. And, and certainly... Um, uh, just, you know, I, I liken it sort of in a, in a much more, um, for kids anyway, um, in a much more respectful manner. Um, we, you know, they, they, I had a kid, 
I had a kid say to me, is this kind of like the bat signal? When he looked at the Texas, <laughs> when he looked at the, yeah, yeah. he looked at the Texas Ranger badge. You could have a, a gobo line. And I, I said, it kind of is. It's kind of like, you know, I said, you know, they're coming in to get the bad guys. That's for sure. That's And true. so, but when we worked on uh, the badges with them, uh, prior to the bat, bat signal comment, um, you know, we would ask them, you know, what are some things that make you, help you feel brave? Things you've already been through or ideas mm-hmm. that, right. that, that remind you of courage and bravery and, and so they would write these ideas and draw these into their badge, uh-huh. um, and that would be on the back side. So anytime they wanted to look at their badge, they could be reminded of, of ways in which they could be inspired to be brave when it was really hard. Um, and, of course, bullying and things like that came up because of the age demographic right. that we work with and alongside. And um, I just can't tell you how inspiring it is to see these kids' imaginations come to life life through these activities and then see them become more curious about Texas history, Mm -hmm. Texas Ranger history, and then to also be amongst real life today, current Texas Rangers. And and you could see, you know, it, it became more just palpable for them to be potentially become a Texas Ranger or just to, mm-hmm. to have that in their sphere of heroic influence. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it was wonderful. Well, uh, you, you mentioned iconic. Of course, the great state of Texas has got such a storied history. And and it's great to get kids plugged into that. Let's talk a little bit about you, though, though Jody. I mean, you, you grew up in Houston and went to the Army. And um, what kind of got you interested in law enforcement? How did that kind of become? Well, after my stint in the regular Army, I was in the Army Reserves, and I was um, uh, tapped to uh, go on an uh, active duty joint task force mission with the Border Patrol. Oh, the and Border Patrol. And I worked Patrol. with them for about a month um, mm-hmm. uh, like that, and that's what introduced me. Even though I had family legacy in law enforcement, but it was all a generation or more past, and I didn't know a lot of you these folks. You didn't grow up around, grow up around a cop putting on the clock and going yes. out. And, right. And and so um, this was my first-hand introduction to it, and and it just really clicked. Yeah. And um, I ended up um, going to the regional academy in Austin, and uh, and then first going to work up uh, for a small town in in Burnett County. But then I went back to the Houston area, uh, went back to school, got a criminal justice degree, continued to to do what they call reserve uh, law enforcement on this side while I got my degree and uh, came back to the Central Texas to San Marcos to finish a bachelor's in criminal mm-hmm. justice and uh, went to work for Hayes County and was there for about 10 years yeah. and went first with the constable's office and eventually with the district attorney as an investigator and then chief investigator. Um, but during that time is when I met my first Texas Ranger and, uh, and, and that kind of set me on this track. Yeah. So, so you never became a member of the Texas Rangers? Oh, no, no. I was never a Ranger. I was never part of DPS. You have to be part right, of DPS a, for a period right. of time before you can apply to be a mm-hmm. Ranger. And, uh, and so I worked for uh, mainly local agencies uh, and, and that sort of thing. But I worked with, especially once I got to the DA's office, I worked with the Texas Rangers, you know, quite a bit and, and took training from them mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But, but the connection was personal. My great-grandmother... Uh, had told me stories of her baby brother uh, who had been a ranger in East Texas and and had cleaned up a town and was given a set of engraved pistols. And, you know, by the time I was in my mid-20s and met my first living active Texas ranger, uh, a gentleman named Tommy Ratliff, I, um, you know, that's about all I remembered. 
And so I asked him, I said, you know, I've, I've got this family story of, you know, of a ranger ancestor. And, you know, in, in, in Texas, that's kind of like, you know, having royalty line, you know, you yeah. never know whether it's really true or not. Yeah, and, anecdotally, we yeah, yeah, we all got, I, you know, my always talked about. sister was a princess or, a, you know, <laughs> right. whatever. And, and so it's like, how do I find out, you know, yeah. if that's true? And, and he got me started on uh, doing research at the state archives and at the museum's archives here in Waco and, and it, it turned out that my ancestor was not only ranger, but he was ranger at a very significant time and, and involved in what turned out to be some very historically significant events, and which became the subject of my dissertation okay. and, and then book. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about I talk about your book too. As this is the East Texas East Troubles. Texas Troubles. Yeah, right. the All Red Rangers cleanup of St. Augustine. That's right. And then that title comes from the way the people talked about the the events preceding the All Red Rangers, they refer to as the Troubles. Even today, you ask folks really? that know that history. Yeah, this was back in the 30s. This was back in the 30s, and some of it even started in the 20s. Hmm. And um, and when I started my research in you know about 2000, there were a lot of folks still alive uh, that had been even young adults during that time and, and, and were eyewitnesses to many of the key events. And it was a, a series of murders, right? Well, it, it was basically the whole takeover of the community by a criminal gang. What? Uh, and, and they, um, but they built their power on the black, on the local black community where during, during Jim Crow mm. typically did not have access to the courts. And so they, they would, you know, do all, run all kinds of scams and extortion and robbery and things like that on, on local black citizens who had no one to turn to, um, and and, uh, and then once it, it it you know that that emboldened them, and so by the time that that the local white community kind of took notice and started to push back, well, these guys were just so brazen, and so yeah, they murdered people right on the courthouse square in front in broad daylight. I mean, it's 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 like very, you know, prototypical old west you know, mythology, I mean, yeah. you know, shootouts well, course, on the town six square. Six-shooter junction was what they call Waco, you right, know. Right, right. Uh, that was the day. And so they, um, but but the turning point was when a, a young uh, progressive governor uh, uh, called uh, James V. Allred out of Wichita Falls, mm -hmm. he had been a, a DA up there, then he had been the youngest attorney general elected in Texas, and then he became the youngest governor elected in Texas. And he was elected on a platform of law enforcement reform because the Rangers especially were being politicized in the decades leading up to all of this, so that depending on who the governor was really dictated the quality of the Rangers in service mm. and, and to the fact that they wouldn't, they would, the, you know, many of the qualified and respected Rangers would quit uh, and or, you know, they would get fired and, you know, and, and like in the end by Ma Ferguson, uh, who was basically the, um, you know, a, a, a stand-in for her husband who had been impeached, Jim right, Ferguson. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, she, um, you know, fired all but two of the Rangers when she came into office that that hadn't quit right. already. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That she was really... when Frank Hamer left the Rangers right, for the last right. time, and that's why they had to, to uh, you know, to reach out to him, you know, to go after Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating history. Yeah. The Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum, though, is one of my favorite gems in Waco and Waco has got some fabulous museums Absolutely. I have to say and you know and of course with the additional tourism but Chip mm -hmm. and Joanna have brought in you know it I'm sure it has helped oh, uh, get a lot of traffic in the yeah. door but 
but there are just some amazing exhibits. If you've not been to the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum lately, you need to go. <laughs> you need to go check it out because you're always, you know, adding things, I'm sure. Sure, sure. Now, I'm not involved in that aspect of right. the, the existing museum. I'm, I'm designing and developing a brand new facility that, uh, that will come in and, and kind of bring us up to date, and it will expand in scope. It will not just be the Rangers, but it will be uh, when, when you hit 1935, which is the events in St. Augustine, all that, Governor, uh -huh. Allred, Governor Allred and the 44th legislature, they're the ones who created the Department of Public Safety in 1935. And so this, this museum will now then expand to tell that story at that point in time. Uh -huh. So it starts with the Rangers for the first 100 plus years. Correct. And then, uh, and then it uh, runs into a story about all of DPS. So it'll really be a modern, not just a history museum, but a modern law enforcement museum mm -hmm. that tells, teaches the, the kids and the public about who the Rangers are today, who DPS is, are what they do, how they do it, why they do it. Um, so we'll, we'll really expand beyond just history programming into STEM and STEAM programming. Um, oh yeah, now so how is all that going to be sort of brought into play? Well, I mean, we're very early stages, yeah, so there's really so no... Yeah, so kind of planning things, but, yeah. but But we're going to be, first of all, it'll all build, build we'll actually tell a story. You know, the, the current museum is focused on the, showcasing the incredible artifact collection. And oh yeah, fantastic. there are some amazing things. There, this yeah. new facility will be more selective in, in artifacts because what it will do is it will be built on a linear chronological narrative. It'll tell a story okay. of the Rangers and then DPS from the beginning until the present day and it will use a combination of of text and images and technology mm -hmm. and artifacts I'm sure video to tell all that kinds story. of things to absolutely do. and and is this this is an extension of the building there the facility it'll be a new building brand modern building at a, at a brand new location oh on a new location because yep. i know there's been some issue with Yes. With the grounds yes. that... That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that, right. that's, that is a key factor in, in it yeah. needing to go to a new location. But, right, uh, right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, can you tell me anything more? Is all still kind of... Um, well, it, it's, um, you know, that, that was in 2008 they discovered that um, that what they had thought had been a... a the, the, that the facility had been built on a cemetery that had been moved, mm -hmm. turns out, Graves had not been moved, right. and when they were building a new right, and it became a very big yes, very issue. big, and mm -hmm. and so um, yeah, and I was actually very aware of it back then mm -hmm. through a personal connection, and um, and so yeah, basically the summation of that was is that the city entered, you know, everybody, no, you know, nobody knew at the time, no, no, and and, and so. And, and so once this, this occurred, and, and a lot of money had been spent, taxpayer dollars, all that, mm -hmm. but so the, the city entered into uh, an agreement with the Texas Historical Commission and National Park Service and other entities to you know basically finish what they had started then, that, which was a new facility for Company F Texas Rangers, uh, but then, you know, then that would be it, right. and, and, and so right. forth. And you know, fast forward to today, you know, the museum facility uh, is, is dated and, and um, uh, deteriorating and the um, and the and even the rangers uh, uh, are facing challenges flooding and security and parking and things uh -huh. that you know just can't be addressed and so um, so the whole thing is <laughs> the whole move. thing will move ah. including company of texas rangers yeah. oh, okay so should but, we should we tell her about the petticoat ranger Oh, yeah, you had <laughs> oh, mentioned sure. that to he, he me. Ha I have to say, he had me at Texas Rangers because of our common family history. Obviously, and, yeah. Yeah, Captain Charles Shriner and whatnot. But he, uh, when he said Petticoat Rangers and you might be working with kids, I said, count me in. Count me what in. are we doing? Yeah, how, how are we going to get this yeah. accomplished? Well, you know, the, the, the first official female Rangers didn't come into service until the 1990s. 
but starting in the 1930s, there were women that worked with the rangers, and that's why they have <coughs> may have even been called at the time. Pardon me. Yeah, listen, I'm well, suffering from the same <laughs> thing. The allergies. I know. Well, that's not what I was worry. saying when we first walked in. I said, yeah. I need to mm. open up these allergies <laughs> for sure. And and so, um, and, and, and one of the most notable was, you're probably familiar with the two highway patrolmen that were murdered by Bonnie and Clyde up by Correct. Grapevine. Mm -hmm. So, well, one of them had a wife, uh, 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 Trooper Wheeler, and his wife went to work for DPS. The mm -hmm. following year, DPS was created the following year, and she went to work there. Now, you know, officially she was a secretary, but they were dealing with challenges with trying to shut down illegal gambling halls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when these rangers walked in there by themselves, they kind of, you know, even if they didn't wear their ranger garb, they just kind of stood out. They just, you know, it, it, and so, they, you know, these places would hide everything. And, you know, and so what they decided to do is to go undercover as a couple. Yeah. And so she and some other ladies um, were, um, went undercover that, that, you know, that were employees of DPS, went undercover with these rangers to, posing as their wives in order to get them access to these illegal casinos so they could gather the evidence to prove that that's what in fact they were and then get them shut down. Yeah. Smart and, cookies. Sounds, yeah. sounds like another And book. that's kind of where the whole <laughs> petticoat ranger thing started. Yeah. And, and, um, and uh, but I mean, really you might want to get, um, and gosh, I feel terrible now. I was just visiting with her a minute ago over at the museum. Um, but there, there's a lady that's doing all that research, and we need to put oh. you all together and she, bring you, her you in. You can do a whole show on, on this. Yeah. Petty coat rangers. That would be and awesome. Female rangers. Mm -hmm. And we do have an exhibit on the current female rangers right now, mm -hmm. uh, which is really significant. In fact, just this summer, um, our, our, our local major, or actually this fall, just, just a couple months ago, um, uh, Wendy Wakeman mm -hmm. uh, was promoted to major and is the first female in history to command a ranger company. Right. And so, and that's right here in Waco. So and so she is here she is, uh, yeah. Company F. Right. Mm -hmm. She's the major for Company F now. Excellent. And uh, that happened just in time. We, as a part of the Bicentennial, uh, we produced a short film, about 20 minutes, on the history of the Rangers uh, all the way up to the present. It is narrated in part by Christine Nix, who was the first African-American female Ranger. Mm -hmm. um, and it, just in time, the promotion happened just in time, so we have that. That's kind of right up to date you know, with the promotion of Major Wakeman. And uh, it's a great film and it'll be, we're gonna be kind of um, uh, doing screenings of it around the state, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, here this, this coming year. Mm -hmm. So, but you can see it now at the, no, at no, the museum? No, no, not yet, not okay. yet. It, but it will, hopefully eventually it'll play in it'll the It'll be museum, part of a, mm -hmm. your, your auditorium is, is fabulous there. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> do you have a location, an idea where the whole new facility will be located or not? Uh, nothing set in stone yet. Okay. So, yeah, we're yeah. looking at a number of places, but yeah. it, it will be in the downtown vicinity. It, it will be in Waco. It's not, it's not moving out of Waco. No, no, it's, it'll be in, I mean, okay. specifically in the downtown vicinity. It, okay. It's, it's Good. you know, right here in the heart of the tourism district. I keep well. pushing him for a timeline, Ann. I'm like, so are we talking six months, a year, 18 yeah. months? What are we talking? Because I'm real excited. Just yeah. too early to tell yet, but <laughs> mm -hmm. it's one of those projects is when, when every, all the pieces are put together, you know, it's gonna it's gonna happen fast. And the funding, at that point. I guess, is through the state, correct? Or and it's, that? It, that's what we're working on—a combination. Uh -huh. this, it, the, the the museum is owned and operated by the city; always has been. Right. And so it, it is at its core; it's a city project, mm -hmm. and the city is obviously you know uh, making a substantial commitment to it. But um, but beyond that, um, we're we're working on the rest. It's early okay. stages. Uh -huh. Oh, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be amazing. Um, well, we've talked about 
you know, your, your background in law enforcement. What kind of got you into the history, though? I mean, uh, it was researching your it, family, it was, I guess. It but. was, um, you know, which I started simply as a personal project, yeah. you know, and a family project, and, you know, document this so we could say, Yes, real, this did yeah, happen. <laughs> we really do have this ranger ancestor. Yeah. It's, it's not just, you know, a folktale family, you know, family myth. Uh, and there are myths in my family. My, uh, <laughs> well, my, my late uncle was convinced. He said that, that his uncle, who was the younger brother of our ranger ancestor, had told him that he, this, this younger brother, who was not in law enforcement, <laughs> um, had been asked by Frank Hammer to, to go on the Bonnie and Clyde hunt. Oh. Well, that's something I've researched in quite depth. I knew Frank Hammer Jr. You know, I don't know if my uncle actually, my, my, it was, would have been my granduncle told my uncle that for real or not, but but my uncle believed it. I tried to have a conversation Aww. with him. He's like, He's like no. Uh, I was like, okay. I'm taking uh, this one with me. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, it didn't. That, you know, so, you know, like I said, we've all got family myths. Um, uh, and, 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 but, but then we've, you know, we've got true history too, and it's just sorting that out, right? you know, when it's been, you know, passed down, when the details have kind of gotten mm -hmm. lost mm -hmm. through time. And mm -hmm. so I went, you the, know, the retelling of things can change. <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. so I was, I was, you know, trying to dig that all out. I wasn't just, you know, just because, uh, you know, my great grandmother said it doesn't make it true. So right. I needed to prove it. Right. And, and that's how it started. But in doing so, I started making all these contacts in the history world, uh, not the least of which was a gentleman uh, named Al Lohman, uh, who has since passed, and he was just a giant in Texas history, knew everybody. That's the reason I know all the people I know. I either got introduced to them directly by Al Lohman or somebody that Al Lohman introduced me to introduced me to the next one. Right. You know? and, and so um, I owe a great debt to him. And then other mentors like Robert M. Utley, who was the Dean of Western History. You know, he's the one that started, you know, revising, the, you know, some of the Anglo myths, starting with Little Bighorn back in the 50s. Mm. Um, and uh, he went on to be the um, uh, chief historian and assistant director of the National Park Service under uh, Jimmy Carter. And, uh, and he wrote the modern general history of the Texas Rangers. Uh, starting, he started his work in the 90s. They came out 2001 and then 2007. Those were Oxford University Press, Lone Star mm -hmm. Justice, and Lone Star Lawman. And, uh, and then James L. Haley, who is just, you know, is a multi-award-winning, you know, Texas author, biographer of Sam Houston, author of Passionate Nation, many other things. And, um, and, uh, and, and these folks, they just kind of took me under their wing and, you know, in various ways provided what they had to offer and guidance on all aspects of it. And, um, you know, uh, next thing you knew, no, I just, you know, decided uh, to, uh, you know, go back to grad school, and, mm -hmm. and then it took off from there. Yeah, yeah, so now you have your Ph.D., mm -hmm. and um, any, uh, any other books, any other things that you're, mm -hmm. you're researching and working on? So, in addition to my, my first monograph, uh, that's East Texas Troubles, I previously published, uh, um, uh, on behalf of the Texas Historical Commission, co-authored a book on the Palmito Ranch Battlefield, which mm. was the site of the last battle of the Civil War. But then our research, and it was co-authored with a gentleman named William McWhorter, who was then the uh, military sites coordinator for THC. And we discovered that, that it was also the site of an earlier and much larger battle, which was the only battle in the Civil War where foreign troops engaged in partisan combat on U.S. soil, and that hmm. was Juan Cortina's men actually crossed and fought with Union troops against the Confederate troops under John Ford, right. uh, who was also a famous Ranger commander, and um, and it was mostly a a 
cavalry battle, or they were cavalry um, uh, Ford's men, and um, and so that you know some very historic uh, significance to that, um, and so that was uh, you know the Palmetto Ranch battlefield. Uh, prior to that, I had published uh, chapters in anthologies. One was Texas Rangers in Myth and Memory, in an anthology called Texan Identities, uh, edited by. Uh, uh, Dr. Like Cummins and Dr. Mary Shear. And then I uh, had a chapter in a uh, anthology called Single Star of the West on the Republic. That's about Indians during the Republic. And it's uh, mine is a case study about Indians who collaborated and, mm. and, and with the Republic. Because there were, there were Indian Rangers during this period right. and things like that. Right. And so, but this was focused on this gentleman, John Connor, who was a Delaware chief. And he is the only person of Indian descent to have received a land grant in Texas. Wow. And, and he did that because he was Houston's emissary to the Comanches and other tribes uh, after L Lamar tried to run them all out. And mm -hmm. then Houston came back into office and tried to make the peace with them. Mm -hmm. And John Connor led that effort. Oh, my goodness. You are just a wealth yeah. of historical <laughs> information. So. You're still you're serving as an adjunct professor? Still no, you, no. Not nope, doing that anymore? I have, haven't been doing that uh, in a few years. I was at, at Austin Community College for a few years. Uh -huh. But... Uh, but no, uh, other things have, um, you know, made, makes it difficult to do that. I am hoping to maybe, you know, teach some classes in the future. But, oh, you would be awesome. Um, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, and uh, the more I get to know Jody, the more I realize how devoted he is to our youth. Yeah. And how he devoted he is to, um, I may get this phrasing wrong, but, you know, how devoted you are to um, making sure that the entirety of the Texas Ranger history is honored. Mm -hmm. um, not just one particular group, all all of those who have served right, and, their, and, and their families, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Past, present, and future. And yeah. you know, you know me, Anne. You say something to do with youth, and I, here I come running. I can't help myself. Right. And especially when it's it's so steeped in Texas history and and just this idea of kindness, courage, and resiliency. Mm -hmm. Just so. Yeah, the bicentennial folks were good about that during during all these celebrations to always acknowledge the wives and the families. You know, they make a lot of sacrifices. They do. I mean, uh, you know, every they're, day, they're, they're day when they get ready to go to work, and they don't know if they're are, coming back. Yep, they don't I mean. know if they're coming back. They, they mm -hmm. miss a lot of family events and sure. holidays and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. and, and so that story, that will again be a part of this new museum. We will talk about the sacrifices the, family make, the families make as well. Um, I named my son after a Texas Ranger, Captain yeah. Jack Hayes. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's Charles Hayes Schreiner, my son. Yeah. He, he knows very li He should, he's 11 now. He should know more than he knows, but I'm going to count on Jody to educate <laughs> I was going to say, might, might have to have, you know, have Coke with him and you know, <laughs> discuss some stuff. He's, he's a little bit too that's into awesome. basketball right now to, to listen about all but this But still, yeah. I mean, to anything that's so going to get, get kids involved right. and energized and, and excited about our collective history. Sure, and carry the know. torch forward. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And I said, tell the other stories you were asking if I had anything in the works, and, and one of the key things I have is I'm, I'm working on a, a manuscript that's focused on the victims of Bonnie and Clyde. You know, there's been tons of stuff that focus on Bonnie on and Clyde. On them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mythologize them, sure. romanticize them, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, there's been some good stuff done. There's, you know, a really great biography on Frank Hamer, Mm -hmm. um, and then there's been the film, The Highwaymen, sure. that, that, that uh, you know, tells uh, the story of the pursuit and ambush from Frank Hamer's perspective and, and that sort of thing, the law enforcement perspective. 
but there just hasn't been a lot of emphasis on on the um, um, the victims, and the victims aren't just the people who were murdered, but their families. Sure. Like I mentioned, Trooper Wheeler's wife, mm -hmm. and then the other trooper who was murdered, Murphy. He had a um, <coughs> he was engaged, and oh. and his you know fiance ended up wearing her wedding dress to his funeral. Mm. Oh. And there's mm. stories like that, and so and I and I know the mm. descendants, and it was some personal stories like that in St. Augustine. The the families I came to know some of the families who s suffered multi-generational trauma because of the murders in St. Yeah. Augustine. And that's what, and I, so I try to bring that out in that story uh, where I was able to, 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 to do so. And that's what got me started on this looking at, you know, we need to talk about these families. They suffered multi-generational trauma in the, in the, the, the height of the Great Depression yeah. where mm. families are already struggling mm -hmm. to Stressed. survive mm -hmm. and then the breadwinners are <clears throat> murdered and 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 so um, yeah, and 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 the folks and and if you look out there, it's it's out there that people, but it all gets overshadowed, you know, by the Hollywood versions. You know, the right. nineteen sixty seven film the... just totally romanticizes. It's completely fictionalized, except for a few names. Yeah, and but but that's what people take away. That's what people remember, and so right, they don't you know, they don't think about the victims. No, and, and because they're not talked about, but um, and so that's 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 kind of one of my lead projects. Oh, that's awesome. Look forward to hearing more from you. <clears throat> and of course, Tiffany's always a delight for us to get together and, and visit and hear about this great collaboration between the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum and Tiffany and her Imagineer Arts Academy and all the great things that you've got going on with kids. Um, this is, I'm just looking forward to many more wonderful opportunities to sit down with you and hear about things that are happening. We have a few other things up our sleeves that we're talking about too in, in uh, the Hill Country as well. So oh yeah, once right, that expanding. Comes, yeah, yeah, just Texas youth in general and Texas right. history and youth and, and, and so I'm excited to see what that might bring as well. Yeah. We'll come yeah. back. If that, if, that, if that comes to fruition, we'll come back for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and keep in mind that, that the, the, the bicentennial of Texas is only 12 years away now. It's coming right up. Yeah, 12, 12 years away now that yeah. when we hit 24. So um, that's that's what a lot of this stuff is going to prepare to to lead the educational uh, process, you know, through the neck, through the, mm -hmm. the, the bicentennial of Texas. Right, and to have all that framework in place mm -hmm. would be just awesome. Yep. Thank you both. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. Jody Ginn. Thanks, thank man. you for being here with us and Tiffany, thank and thank you for joining us for Central Texas Life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. This has been a Rogue Media Network 